Earlier this week in episode 106, we talked about networking. And as much as I hope those tips for successful networking I shared help you, especially if you've been hesitant to give it a try, I thought it might be helpful to hear from an expert. This special interview with Sean Tyler Foley is going to open your eyes to new ways of communicating with potential customers and collaborators. This is a powerful conversation, so let's go ahead and get started. I'm Dr. Moore, a college psych professor, homeschooling mom, and entrepreneur, and I've spent the past 10 years learning how to balance everything. Here on the Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast, I'll share the ins and outs of maintaining a growth mindset and saying hello to grit, that thing that will get you to your long-term vision despite challenges and busy schedules. After all, you got into business to do more good in the world, right? So let's get started. So, hey, Tyler, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here, Maura. We were just chatting before I hit record about our names, and we were kind of commiserating, well, I think commiserating, about how the fact that our names have never been right. No, 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 no. Uh, mispronounced life. birth. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and as you and I were discussing, you know, I'm weird in that I have an anglophone but hyphenated name which is usually just reserved for like latin or french right so my name is sean tyler like jean luc or mark antony except for it's not a common anglophone thing to do so when okay. you tell people that your name is sean tyler they're like hi sean and i'm like my name is not sean <laughs> and like even right down to the you know i have my full name on my book because why? Why do I have my full name on my book, Maura? Because your mom would be really unhappy with you if you did <laughs> not no. put your full yeah. name she, on there. She And this would be the phone call. If I had published the book under my common name, which is, you know, amongst friends, I am Tyler Foley. Like if you ask my wife who she's married to, she'll say she's married to Tyler. That is her response. That is how she introduces me. It's how I introduce myself. But if I was to put Tyler Foley on my book, I would have gotten a phone call that would have gone something like this. Sean Tyler Foley, I have just picked up a copy of your book and there is a typo. <laughs> You're like, what is that, mom? She's like, You're missing your entire half of your name. And that's the thing. It would have been half of my name. Yeah. It wouldn't be my first name. I would have been missing <laughs> half of my name, of Sean name. Tyler. And uh, and then I would have had to explain to mom that it's confusing to most people. And then she would told me that it wasn't confusing to her. And my mother is always right. So let's she is. Just keep mom happy. I, I 100% agree. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Um, now, I love your energy. You are a best-selling author. You're an actor. You're a keynote speaker. Oh, my goodness. I work with entrepreneurs who are really new. And so they're just yeah. kind of getting their sea legs, trying to figure out how to put themselves out there and really get involved in their business, build a business. And yeah. I've found, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, that that means you have to get really far outside your comfort zone. Uh, and I would not correct you because that is a thousand percent correct. I yeah. think um, all growth, no matter what you're looking at, comes outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, a really good friend of mine, um, Jason Krause, who runs an incredible uh, consulting firm for uh, businesses, um, he he was a former uh, Olympic bobsleigher, and uh, before that was a football player. And a lot of times, the uh, 
national bobsleigh team here in Canada will recruit former football players because they have the right athletic build. And um, Jason was always on the smaller side. So his football career was never going to go anywhere, but he fit really well inside of a bobsleigh. And so he became the the captain for Canada two for a couple of years and uh, the pilot driver. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he would talk about is when he was in the gym working out, uh, his coach would be there and, you know, he'd, he'd have on a full set and maybe trying to mm-hmm. get to 12 reps and maybe he was pushing, I don't know, something ridiculous. Let's say 450 pounds. Cause it sounds way more than anything I would ever lift and something oh, reasonable that Jason could do. And, you know, so he's pushing his set and he gets to 11 and his arms are shaking and they're burning and mm-hmm. he pushes out the 11th and then he comes down and then he tries to push out the 12th and he can't, and they're shaking and they're shaking and they're shaking and they're shaking and it comes back down on his chest and his, um, coach has to reach down and help him put the bar back up and then he he looked at them and instead of saying you know why couldn't you do it he goes congratulations and jay was like why he's like you met failure now you know what you need to do next time and that was a lesson that always stayed with jay you know in order for those muscles to grow you have to tear them a little bit and so you have to get outside of the comfort zone you have to get to the point where you shake and you just you you can't do the thing because then you know what the boundary is and then you know what needs to be pushed to go further. Mm-hmm. If you don't ever hit the boundary, you are playing way, way too safe. Absolutely. I, I agree. When you are not failing, you're not growing. You have to actually step outside. And it doesn't even have to be a big step at first outside that circle of your comfort zone. It's just got to be a toe. But it's got to be a toe over and over and over so that you can actually figure out what you want to do, where you want to be, and how to actually get there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm 135 pounds and five foot eight. I have absolutely no natural insulation on me. And when I first wanted to start doing cold plunges, uh, I started with like five seconds of taking the shower all the way over at the very end of my very warm shower. Um, And then I was like, this is ridiculous because I'm ending this way. I don't like it. So then what I started to do was go into the shower before Uh turning it on and then turning it on because I live in Canada and the groundwater is about three degrees. And so three degree water comes and hits you until the warm water flushes through. And uh, so I would get like a 15 to 20 second blast of, of freezing cold water, but then it would warm up and I'd be like, okay, this is okay. And then I started to train my body that way that um there will always be warm water after Mm -hmm. and so i started to like turn on the 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 tap but then i wouldn't i wouldn't crank it all the way over to the hot i would put it on cold and like breathe through that for 20 or 30 seconds then flip it over to hot and then wait for that to come through and then the next thing i knew i was able to do it for like a minute or two and then then i could go and jump in the river when it's covered in ice and plunge with my friends who all are doing it and and swear by it. And, but it was that training up. I had to let my brain know that there was always warm water because there always was, because we always had a fire or like a pit or like a Mm -hmm. hot tub or something that you could go into to warm up. So as long as my body knew that it was safe at the end, I was able to push that comfort zone longer and longer and longer. And I think that's a lesson that a lot of the entrepreneurs can take that, um, you're it's only a failure if you don't learn a lesson and there's nothing wrong in failure all the great successes have had them and flat you know flaunt them Mm -hmm. 
I remember I was talking, I was listening, not talking with, but listening to Russell Brunson recently. And he said, I had 128 failures before I hit on ClickFunnels, which is his massive business. 128. Yeah. Or, and you look at Edison, right? Edison's uh, Mm -hmm. light bulb, right? I learned 998 ways to not make a light bulb. And even, you know, sports greats, Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan and, um, Wayne Gretzky both mm-hmm. hold the records for goals scored, but they also have the records for misses. Yes, I think a lot of people forget that that Michael Jordan, I, I don't know if he still does, but for a long while held the record for the most missed shots in a game, but he also held the record for the most made. Mm-hmm. So you only make them when you shoot them. Right. Yes. So if we kind of pull this into being a new entrepreneur and we think about the fact that building a business means getting out there, whether it's social media, whether it's networking, and those are kind of two different things in a sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But thinking social media first, how do you, what ideas do you have for tackling that mindset so that you aren't just relying on all of the stock posts that you can just kind of mad lib right now or chat gpt and say here i want to post on motivation and it's not your words it's not your essence it's not you coming through when you post that so your audience doesn't get to know you how do you work past that or through it well i think the first thing is is to um recognize that authenticity is synonymous with self-awareness if you want to come across authentic in your posts you need to know who you are through and through and don't and be unapologetic about it You know, if you are trying to gloss over who you are, you're never going to attract your ideal audience. So quit trying to placate to, uh, to an audience that isn't yours because you'll never be able to serve them. Um, and the sooner you can kind of pull back that veil Mm -hmm. and say some of those things that maybe you're afraid to say, that's when, uh, people really, uh, start to take note of you mm-hmm. and and start to recognize that hey this is somebody that I want to follow because you are speaking your truth your way nobody else can do that but it will resonate with the people who need to hear it the most and, and who cares and, you know, if it doesn't resonate with the people who aren't your people well it more specifically you care that it doesn't resonate with the people who aren't your people because you don't want though you don't want to have to try and serve them because you'll never be able to serve them well. Those are that's going to be where your complaints come from. That well, you didn't fulfill it, and now I didn't think it was going to be. I thought it was going to be different, and I'm like, well, that's a you thing, not a me thing. Mm-hmm. But if I am the one that is falsely portraying that, then that is a me thing. But if I yeah. if I am am true to me, those people are never going to come into my sphere, or they're going to be rapidly repelled from it. But I am going to attract the people who need to be in my sphere. And it's having that bravery to say the thing that you're afraid to say that is usually that key trigger that then brings people in and gets them to go, oh, because that's that's all leadership is. Leadership is not the person with the biggest promotion or the best title oh. or even the best idea. I no. know a ton of leaders who have had bad ideas who have managed to get people to follow them into those bad ideas. Yes. <laughs> Right. But what they had was conviction and belief in that idea and a circle of people who resonated with that. And so they, they were able to, they're the ones who said it first and therefore they're the leader. Okay. 
So one thing that I heard that really stood out for me and what you just said is that level of self-awareness, having that knowledge of who you are, who you want to serve, and really just showing up that way, whether it is like in my case without makeup on or acknowledging the fact that right now I have about 10 sticky notes on my computer (laughs) because I'm a (laughs) sticky note queen, Um, you know, just showing up as you are and saying, you know what, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And being okay with that. How do you get to that point? How do you find those moments of authenticity where you do show up and just do it? Well, I think the first part is is that that deep dive, right? Really getting to know who you are and not trying to sugarcoat it. I think so many times when we're trying to tell our story, um, we're omitting the juicy parts because they're usually the bits that we kind of don't want to talk about. But when you watch a soap opera, you're not watching it for when they're in the cafe drinking coffee, gossiping. You're waiting for the point where Marla reveals that she's actually her evil twin. You know? (laughs) And like that, that's where drama, that's where the tension lies. And so many times we try to gloss over, as you said, the failures or the struggles. Uh, the other thing that I notice a lot is uh, a big mistake that people make when they're trying to tell their story is they speak from their wounds instead of their scars. Scars oh. have healed. Scars are the lessons. Those are the things that you can teach. You can open up and say, look, yeah. this is how I got this. Mm-hmm. But if you have an open wound, that's still festering. You haven't learned the lesson. And so people will try to be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing and I've learned this and I want to teach you. And because there's an excitement around it, but you haven't mastered it yet. It's the scar that is the mastering. So being aware of where you are in your journey. Mm-hmm. You know, for me as a public speaker, I've had the privilege to be on some really big stages, but I'm still not, I'm not well-known uh, and I'm not on those stages regularly. I don't have promoters regularly phoning mm-hmm. me. And in fact, my agent barely phones me. She phone me like a couple of times a year and be like, hey, Tyler, I've got this gig. Are you interested? I'll be like, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I am teaching people to be on stage, I'm not teaching them to be the next Tony Robbins. In fact, I'm not even teaching them to be the next me because I'm still inside my journey. What I'm teaching them is me five years ago or 10 years ago. So that's one of the things where if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out who your ideal audience is, uh, who were you five to 10 years ago? That's probably who you're going to be able to serve the best. Okay. So how do you kind of peel back and find those scars, especially when it's tough to recognize you're in it, you're in your, the middle of your life, especially as you're building a business, it feels like there's all the things you've got the long to-do list and you're thinking, okay, now I have to find the scars. Uh, um, where, (laughs) what, well, so those scars are usually the stories, right? Like the, mm-hmm. they're the they're the lessons that we've learned along the way. And we know what they are. We inherently know what they are because they're our memories. They're the things that come to our mind. They're the things that we reflect on regularly. They're usually either consciously or subconsciously would have driven us in the direction to be where we are within our career mm-hmm. um, or have held us back from doing the thing that we really wanted to do too. Like there's some of that is in there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the exercises that I do at all of my workshops, because it's a quick one to do initially, and then I can leave you with a whole bunch of homework, (laughs) (laughs) finding uh, those stories, and we can do it in less than two minutes. What I would Mm. love, Maura, is for your audience, if they could right now, if they have to hit pause, 
grab a yep. pencil and a piece of paper. If you're really good at mental math, that that's fine, but you're probably going to want to make a couple of notes. So hit pause, come back. And, and uh, once you have your pencil and paper, I want you to take your age, however old you are. And I want you to round to the nearest five. Oh, good. Uh, and, and right. And if you are uh, on the zeros or fives, then it's easy math too. Right. Yeah. So you're either uh, rounding up or down by one or two, or you're on the ought or the five and you're fine. So take your age mm-hmm. round up or down to the nearest five and then divide that number by five. Okay. And what you will get when you do that is five, even time periods or epochs in your life. For me, if I was to do this, I'm 43. I would round up to 45 divide by five. I get five even time periods of nine years. And if I was to do it last year, I would have been 42. I'd round down to 40 and divide by five. I would have had five even time periods of eight years. doesn't matter which way you go. It, it, we just want to make sure that we are, you know, coming up with a rough approximation of these time periods in our yeah. lives. And I know because your audience is entrepreneurs, there are going to be A types in there who are like, no, that is not precise. I need, I need precise yes. numbers. And I want my time period and I, it needs to add up to my even. And so I, if, if you are there, if that, that little voice was screaming in the back of your head, if you had to round up, whatever you rounded up by, it was only one or two, mm-hmm. deduct that from your last time period. Oh. And if you had to round down, mm-hmm. it was only one or two, add that onto your first time period. And the reason for this is we probably don't remember those first 12, 18, 24 months of our life, no. um, unless you're a super freak like me and have memories, distinct memories back to like 10 and 11 months old. But oh, I am wow. an apparition. Yeah, I know. We can, we can go there too in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, you probably don't remember clearly all those things. And Mm -hmm. the last time period of your life is probably a lot more detailed because it's Mm -hmm. the most recent. So we'll take stuff off of that one and add stuff to the beginning if you have to, but either way, you're going to come up with these even time periods. Brilliant. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to look at each one of those. Mm -hmm. For me, zero to nine is my first time period. What is the first memory that comes? If I think of Tyler Zero to nine, what is the first memory that springs? For you, what's your first time period? What is the first memory? When you think of Mora in that first time period, what's the first memory? It has to be the first one. Don't think of it. It shouldn't take more than oh, no, 20 no. seconds. I can tell you what my first memory was. I was sitting me. on the couch eating oatmeal. My mom had dropped me off at the neighbors to because the neighbor babysat me and her little her son stole my oatmeal off the tv (sighs) table i was three i just wanted my oatmeal see that's the first thing that pops up and that and that's great and so that is the one that so you write that down right Mm -hmm. and then you look at your next time period and the next and the next and so you should have five time periods you write down these five memories yeah that's the quick part now the homework part is exploring why why is that memory so significant to you was it because you felt betrayed that you had a feeling of loss, that it was just a hunger, that it was a possession thing? Was it a betrayal thing? Like, why, why is that the one when you're like, that was my oatmeal? What? Probably because I'm an only child. Yeah. And, 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 but so, and that, so we want to write down all of those things. And this is where, you know, remember when you used to do the thought bubbles when you were yes. coming up, right? 
I want you to thought bubble this one. Like okay. nothing is off the table. As you start to think of these things, what is some of the, you know, why is this important to you? And whatever pops into your mind, you're going to go with that. And then from there, what are the lessons that you learned from that? What are the lessons you needed to learn from that? What are the lessons you, you, where, who were you before that event? Who were you after that event? How did that event change your worldview? Did it change your worldview? Did it solidify your worldview? Like, did it help reinforce a thing or did it help change a thing? What are those lessons? And that's where you start to come up with your really powerful story because it's in the learning who you were and being able to yeah. do the deep dive of this because those are the milestones. Those are the markers along your way because those are the things that impacted you. And for me, if I look back in those first zero to nine years, yes. um, the, my first memory that I have, I have two very distinct ones from that okay. time period, but the first one happened in December, 1985. And it was the first time I was on stage and heard an audience laugh and then applaud. Oh. And so it's it, for me, it's an auditory memory. The mm -hmm. first thing that I hear is the laughter and the applause. And then it sinks into like a visual memory where I can see what they were doing. And I know what I was doing while I was doing that. But it's that that auditory cue that becomes the thing that really anchors me. It's the sound of laughter and applause. And then the feeling that I got with the standing ovation afterwards and wanting to feel that again. And then my other very distinct memory happens almost two months to the day in February of 1986. Okay. And it's the sound that my mom made when a police officer and her family physician came to the back door and told her that my father was never coming home again. Oh. And that sound was the most terrifying, spine-tingling, oh. yes. gut-wrenching sound that I've ever heard in my entire life, and I never want to hear it again. So within the span of two months, I heard a noise that I will chase for my entire life trying mm -hmm. to duplicate. Yep. And a sound that I will spend my entire life trying to avoid. Mm. And I think that has really shaped all of my decisions and it, and it, and it's finding those lessons in there and being able to describe that, uh, yeah. that becomes the powerful thing because I can tell you right now, having told those two stories, mm -hmm. there are two distinct groups of people who are resonating with me right now. Yep. Anybody who's ever been on stage and felt the power of an audience is going, yes, that's a high I want. How do I get more of that? And I can yep. say, well, hey, if you want to do it on a bigger and better level, let me show you how. Right. And there are people who are like, I know the sound that you're talking about, Tyler. I identify with you. I, mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced that loss. I know that sound and I don't want to hear that sound again, too. And to which I go, I completely and totally sympathize with you. Mm -hmm. And so the one lesson informs all of my clients that I train as a public speaker and the other informs all my clients that I train as a safety consultant. And it's funny how the two went hand in hand. Man. Yes. Ah, oh. okay. So I had chills as you're telling your two stories. And then the geeky side of me, because my PhD is in psych, is saying, I know why those are two memories, even though they're before when you should have memories. And it's because it was auditory, because we don't yeah. usually have memories because we don't have the language that goes with it. But because those were yeah. auditory sounds, like that's part of where my brain went to is, I know why he has those memories. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and to be fair, I was, I was six years old. So that wasn't my 11-month-old ones. My 11-month-old right. ones came, uh, you know, very early 80s. And, um, I remember my, 
Um, again, it was probably triggered by the sound, the sound of my dad being super angry at our dog, Barney, and then spanking him with a newspaper. And at the back door, I remember it clearly. I remember, you know, dad, like throwing him out the door and I would have been, I still would have been crawling at the time, but I remember at the top of the landing, like I, I can, I know, but it was that sound. I know that. Yeah, it was, it started with the sound. Mm -hmm. Um, Little things like that, like and and those are the things that inform us. And then, the other place where people tend to make a mistake is mm-hmm. in the retelling of that story. When we retell that story, where most business owners and entrepreneurs and and people who are starting out using story uh, for social media memes and all yeah. the rest of that, yeah. where they make the mistake is that they're telling it. Uh, if you were to break it down using the hero's journey model that Joseph Campbell put together. Mm-hmm. People are trying to insert themselves as the hero and they're not, you are not the hero of your story. When you're retelling your story in the, in Joseph Campbell's model, you have the hero who is in a state of unaware, Mm -hmm. who is then experiencing a moment of crisis that sends them on their journey where they cross the threshold, meet their sage and mentor who guides them on a series of trials and tribulations uh, until they have the knowledge that they need to overcome their nemesis at which point they conquer their nemesis and begin their journey home and where most people are doing their storytelling they're trying to do that whole arc and what they don't realize is to tell that story effectively you are not the hero of the story you are the sage and mentor Mm -hmm. and you are speaking to somebody who is about to go into that um point of crisis or has just crossed the threshold they're one of those two points Mm -hmm. And you are the sage and mentor who will guide them right. on the trials and tribulations. Again, speaking from your scars and not the wounds, because if you mm-hmm. still have open wounds, you're still in the battle. You're still learning the lessons. You haven't defeated your nemesis yet. You're not ready to share it and to get you're out not there ready and be to share. the guide in that situation. No, because you are bleeding all over the place, sir. Get to a triage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, and so but if you are going to take it from that sage mentor perspective that's how you really effectively tell that story and and then you can insert those details that will speak to those individuals because only you can do that because you're the one who's lived it who understands it and you've learned the lessons because you've detailed them so if you want to tell that story effectively on social media or on a podcast or mm-hmm. on a stage or in newsprint or you know maybe you're yeah, getting adventurous and playing with radio advertisements or whatever. you look at the really good radio advertisements who are using you know some of those those old like ada advertising models and stuff like that agitation and mm-hmm. you know and then solution yep. um all of them are structured where you you the service provider are not the hero you're you're the solution provider, you're the mm-hmm. sage, the mentor. And if you can flip that script and get to understand that, that's how you'll start to tell those stories far more effectively, far more engagingly, um, entertainingly, all of those things that will yeah. keep your audience it, essentially eating out of the palm of your hand. I feel like, um, I'd love your thoughts. I feel like when you start the story kind of in a specific moment, it is much more helpful. It's much easier to get to that place of being the guide of being the sage and helping your client or whoever you're speaking to really put themselves in your shoes. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's true because again, you know, those details that will, will register and it is your job to quite literally set the scene, you know, especially if you, if, you know, 
we have been communicating as humans as an oral tradition for millennia. And we don't always have the props. It's one of the reasons why my book is called The Power to Speak Naked, because you don't need a stage. You don't need microphones. You don't need laser lights. You just need you and your ability. Mm -hmm. You should be able to go out and tell your story uh, and tell it, you know, just in a naked state. And by that, I don't mean without your clothes, although clearly I would I would might love get you in a little trouble. Uh, I've done it once for charity. So <laughs> <laughs> But we had to get a whole bunch of insurance and clearances to do it. Um, but yeah, you know, I, do I want to empower you to be so confident in your message that you could do that? Yes. But what I'm talking about is exactly that, being able to strip it back and tell that story in its raw form. And so because you won't have all of these props, you need to set that stage. You need to be able to give the details. This is where I was. Picture it. I was six years old on a stage, my best friend sitting beside me. She's dressed like Mary. I'm dressed like Joseph. And there's a sea of people who I've never met before in my life staring directly at me. <laughs> then it happened. It was a, started with me placing a present on top of baby Jesus's head. And there was a little giggle from the right side of the auditorium. And then a slightly larger laugh as I placed a second present down on baby Jesus's head. And the next thing I knew as I was placing... Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh on this poor doll, the whole auditorium erupted in laughter, right? And I can tell, I know it. I can get to those details. And it's that, you know, the murmur through the crowd and then the, then the bit more of a laughter. And then as it picks up and they're laughing and I'm having a good time and I don't know why, but I'm enjoying myself. And then all of a sudden they stand up on their feet and there's this sound like thunder that resonates through, but it's not scary. It's invigorating. And I can feel it in my chest and my heart and it warms me. Mm -hmm. Those are the details people need to hear. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Ah, uh, Tyler, this is gold. I know you know that, but I'm just saying it because I want you to hear it from me. It's gold, what you just shared, being able to take your age round or not, if you can't yeah. manage that, it's okay. <laughs> I'm type A usually, but I even I can manage to round there, so I'll be all right. And breaking that down into those even spaces um, so that you've got those five time periods and being able to think about the scars that you have in that unique way, not as in a sad that I have this scar, but is in a way of how I can use this to connect with the people that I'm talking to. Yeah. Be a, as an opportunity. be a Maori warrior, you know, be proud yes. of the scar, point to it and say, look, yes. this was, this was when I conquered the beast and the, and he mm -hmm. clawed me here, but I won, you know, and this is when I went and, and we were in that battle and I took a spear right here, but guess what? <laughs> I won. You know, those are the, that, those are the, those are the, the, those powerful moments for you because we've all, we've all been injured at yes. some point in some way. And it's what, it's how we deal with that. That is the most important mm -hmm. and being able to share that wisdom is really, if you, if you didn't learn something from it, then that's the biggest failure. But the biggest tragedy is if you then don't help somebody else learn from it. That's just being selfish. It is. We all need to do more good in the world. And that's one way. It doesn't cost money to do good, no. to be able to share that and to help other people move forward in their life and their process. Not as you saying, here, I know everything. Come on. 
is uh, I'm going to link arms with you, walk beside you as your guide and help you take that next step, whatever it yeah. is, whether it's business or life or whatever. And I'm glad you said that, you know, I know everything statement because it's really important that you know, again, it's that self-assessment, know what your limitations are. I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I know this little bit and I know this little bit because it's taken me 43 years to get here right. and 37 of them on stage. Mm -hmm. So I have this grounding and I have this understanding, but again, I don't, I don't know it all. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big huge Broadway producer. So I can't tell you what it's like to, I've been on Broadway productions, but I've never produced a big Broadway film or a big Broadway stage production. I'm a day player as an actor. Nobody knew who I was before I came on the show today. Right. So <laughs> that's they, okay. Now they do. And, and now they do. And that was me taking my most Canadianisms ever. I, <laughs> I couldn't have sounded more Canadian than I did in just that sentence, but you know, but it's, but what I can do is I can come on the entrepreneur mindset and I can speak with you and I can say, these are my experiences. This is what I know. This is what I have learned because I'm speaking to you from the scars. I'm also speaking to you from the triumphs. That's the other thing too. You don't necessarily have to uh, speak from the scars, speak from the trophies. Like if you've got yeah. a tooth, saber tooth dangling around your neck, you got a shark tooth dangling around your neck because you went and you wrestled a tiger shark in the bay and killed it ate it right speak about that show do me. it talk about show me it. that trophy and don't be afraid to brag about it you know yes. i remember when my book hit a uh, bestseller trying to minimize it so hard i was like well yeah but it was bestseller in its category on amazon and we only sold 13 copies right and oh, my agent yes that, that concept you know of like belittling yeah. ourselves. I wish that, you know, there's always someone in your life or I hope you have someone in your life. This goes for everyone where they say, do you realize what you've accomplished? Can I help you look at that for a moment and help you see what's happened? Because we are so unkind to ourselves. We would never speak to our best friend the way we speak to ourselves. No. And that was the great, one of the greatest gifts that my agent and my promoter ever did for me was they were like, look at these, but all these books came out in your category today. None of them are on top. And yeah, you only sold 13 copies today. It's the first day, you know, we've gone on to sell hundreds and thousands of copies mm -hmm. of books and, and find those other big bestsellers. And now I can say, you know, I am actively pursuing the bestseller on New York Times. Like we've got the strategy out this year. Unfortunately, it hit, hit a hiccup at the at the end of last year for how we were going to promote it out, but we're finding solutions. Okay. And trying not to belittle it. I have absolutely no shame saying I am a two-time best-selling author, even though one of those is a compilation. I don't care. No, 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 not I even still... though. Not even though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right there. Right. We, one is a compilation. They, one is a, is uh all of all me. And and the compilation wouldn't have been as good without my contribution. Correct. It right there was everybody needed to be involved in it. And I can say that I was the genesis of the idea. If it weren't for me, the books would have never been made because I was the one that suggested it. So there's you know I, it's finding those those bits of pride. Like find your trophies, mm -hmm. put them up in the air shout them. I have made fire Yes, and be proud. Yes. And, and that's, that's what I, if I could leave your audience, which is one word of encouragement okay. is, is that's it. Like fun. 
be proud of your accomplishments and don't be afraid to put them out there, but also acknowledge how, what you had to do to get that accomplishment, Mm -hmm. because those sacrifices are just as important as the end result. They're just as real. They are just as much a part of your story. You know, a a lot of times, so as we're kind of wrapping up, one of the things I think about for my audience is having an action item and you gave them a perfect action item. So brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) Now they know to go find their stories and those scars, but also I would encourage everyone to think about the triumphs and actually write them down, write them out and see that in writing. Don't do it on your computer screen, not typing, but actually take a physical pen and piece of paper and write it out. Because when we see it in writing, it's just, it's so much more powerful. Well, it's amazing what you can do in reflection with that. One of my um, great mentors that I had, had me start uh, diarizing uh, my days. And it did, she said, it doesn't matter how exciting or boring it is just diarize it she says because you won't know what the important moment was in the moment and it could be something so mundane Mm -hmm. but that becomes the catalyst for all of this transformation and change that you go through and and it's it's been a habit of mine now where i do sit down and reflect okay what happened today And then you can see it's a lot easier than to pull out those milestones and to not only that, but if you have 365 pages of information from the last year, you can, it's it's amazing to look back and go like, that was growth. Look how much I did in this past year, because I at least filled Mm -hmm. this volume. And now I have volumes one through seven of the past seven years, you know, like that's that's a, a very powerful thing to go back. And especially if you go back and look, one of the, Few things I like about Facebook is to look back on memories. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I was doing that seven years ago, or that was important to me. That's the other thing too. That was important to me seven years right. ago. Right. Wait, oh, I go, oh, really? Why is that a thing I cared about? But it, but it's a beautiful way to highlight growth because I can look back and be like, that's what I did seven years ago. That's what I was doing five years ago. That's what was happening two years ago today. Look at where I am. And how do I feel about that? Like, am I proud of that? Am I saddened by that? Uh, am I both? Mm-hmm. You know, what what ha- what is that reflection look like? And so those are some really powerful things to, again, provide insight to you, who you are now and who you were so that you can understand who your ideal audience is so that you can speak to them. What would you say to that person who just flashed up in your Facebook memories? If you're looking at it going, oh, buddy, what you needed to know that's what was it that is probably you a lot of what you need to start telling your ideal audience Mm -hmm. yes oh okay tyler you have shared so many things with us today really getting out there being authentic making sure that you're telling the story not from the hero position but from that guide or sage and examining the scars, but also the triumphs. If you have that saber tooth, you know, hanging around your neck, you got to share it and let people know and celebrate uh, what you have accomplished, recognizing everything you've gone through to get there. So I know that I've got listeners who are going to want to connect with you and learn more about you. You've got books, you are out there in social media, out there in the world. How can we learn more about you and connect? Well, the best thing to do is to go to the website, which I know you will be gracious enough to post of in the show course. notes. Of course. So if, but 
So the simple thing to do is to just hit pause and go search through the show notes. But you will notice just above the show notes, if you hit pause, there's a group of stars and a little comment section. And those aren't there just for graphic spacing. Those are there to be used. So what I would ask, Maura, is if your audience, who is regularly listening to the entrepreneur mindset, Mm -hmm. are getting value out of what you're providing, I would ask that since they are hitting pause anyways to come find out Uh my information, they're on your platform first. So leave you a five-star review because those stars aren't there just for decoration. And if they could be specific with why they're leaving, and it can't just be because Tyler told you to, because that's not a good reason. I want you to do this because you are compelled to do it because you feel that you're getting value out of the entrepreneur mindset and you're coming back and you're listening to it regularly. So what was one of your favorite episodes? What was one of your favorite pearls of wisdom from this episode? Was there something that I said that really resonated with you that that had an impact? Uh, what was something else? Maybe there was a book recommendation from one of the other guests. Like what, what has landed with you? Because that will help Mora be more informed of what's resonating with you so that she can find more guests like that, that can serve you better. So it's a win-win-win for everybody because you are going to get better content by helping inform the direction of the show. More is going to get more exposure because your review will help boost it in the algorithm. That means that I'm going to get more exposure because that has been boosted and now my episode has some ranking. So it's helping everybody everywhere. (laughs) And if you're willing to help us all, then as a gift to you, if you come to my website, which is seantylerfoley.com, and Sean is spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com, um, right at the top of the page, above the fold, you don't have to go anywhere. There's going to be a big invitation to join my Facebook group, Endless Stages. Now, you can get to it through Mark Zuckerberg's site, but if you go there, you won't get all the fun free stuff. If you come to it through my website, I will, first of all, Give anybody who comes that way a free PDF download of my number one best-selling book, The Power to Speak Naked. So you don't have to pay the $17.95 on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or in your local bookstore. But you bookstore. can. You can still buy a copy, a- and I highly recommend you it. Can. And if you can. And if you are one of those people who needs a physical copy because it's really hard to mark up a PDF, mm. I would encourage you, if you are going to do some kind of shopping, go to your local bookstore. And if you're like, no, I don't leave my house. And I like that uh, Jeff Bezos allows me to have things come to me. Then I would encourage you to go to bookshop.org to get my book because it has all the comfort and convenience of Jeff Bezos' site, but it Mm -hmm. supports your local mom and pop retailer, your brick and mortar store that's been in your neighborhood forever. It connects you with them as an online retailer, which a lot of them don't have the ability to set it up. So they're going to get the credit. You'll also get the book for slightly cheaper. It'll be about $16.50 instead of $17.95. And bookshop.org pools a percentage of all of its funds into a um, into a fund that local bookstores can apply to for aid. Oh. So they can get a bursary and help them stay afloat. And right now they've raised over $30 million through their book sales. So it doesn't matter if you're getting The Power to Speak Naked or another book. Um, if you're looking for literary material, instead mm-hmm. of going to Jeff's site, because he's flying to space in a, a phallic shaped rocket, he probably doesn't need more of your money, <laughs> but your local bookstore is probably struggling and they're yes. probably on the verge of going under. And if those bookstores go under, that's, that's a detriment the to America. Breakdown of our society. 
So I would, yeah. yeah. So I definitely get the free PDF from me. If you like it, go and buy the book, go to your local bookstore to do that. And if you're like, no, I need it delivered to me, then go to bookshop.org and do some social good that way. The other thing that you'll get, if you come to seantylerfoley.com through the website and then join endless stages, we'll give you access to my drop the mic speaker training series. Oh, and it's a series of seven videos. They're each about five minutes long. So in the course of a week, and by committing only five minutes a day, you can learn some tips and strategies and techniques to become a more confident, more powerful speaker very quickly. And if you like what we have to offer there, then every Tuesday at noon Pacific, three Eastern time, I go live inside of Endless Stages and provide a 20-minute training on whatever happens to be the hot topic that week. So again, the more active you are in the group, the more likely I am to see and hear what it is that you're struggling with, the more likely that I am to help you directly on that live. And it's an interactive thing. So we, we play around and have a lot of fun with it. So all of those things, the free PDF download, access to the course, and the free trainings every Tuesday through the Endless Stages group are available to your audience, Laura, but only if they give the entrepreneur mindset a five-star review. No five-star review, no gifts for you. Oh my gosh. That's like no brownie for you. (laughs) (laughs) No soup for you. (laughs) Tyler, I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with me today and sharing all of your wisdom and insights into how to really Get out there, share who you are, and build a business that is going to do more good in the world. I appreciate you, and I cannot wait for all of my listeners to go to your website, Sean Foley, right? Sean, nope, Sean, Sean Tyler Foley. Sean Tyler Foley. There we go. Right? Because otherwise, my because mom would yell, and half we do the name not would be missing. Nana Foley to yell. No, no, I'm sorry, Nana Foley. <laughs> Let me try one more time. SeanTylerFoley.com. There we go. Now I have not made Nana Foley angry Um, and it's a good day. So thank you so much. I cannot wait to collaborate again in the future. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Maura. Thanks. I know I have loads of notes from this conversation and I bet you do too. Tyler was so generous with his time and his expertise. He even gave you an action item, which you know is one of my favorite things to do as well. So as a reminder, grab a sheet of paper, divide your life into five relatively equal time spans following Tyler's suggestions and get to thinking about stories that come to mind. One client has already done this and noted that it's such a powerful exercise and she's feeling more enthusiastic than ever before to get out there and start meeting new clients and collaborators. As we prepare to wrap up, I just want to remind you one more time to go check out Sean Tyler at seantylerfoley.com. I am excited to jump into his Facebook group that he was talking about and hear his nuggets of wisdom that he shares each week with his live broadcasts. And I know that you would benefit as well. And I just have one last thing to share before we go. Tyler doesn't know I'm doing this and he didn't ask me to do this, but here's the thing. Tyler is an amazing speaker. He is such a good trainer as well. If you are part of an organization, maybe you're part of your local chamber of commerce, or you work for an organization as you're getting your your side hustle up to speed, and you know that your organization, chamber of commerce, group that you're a part of would benefit from learning more about public speaking and networking and doing that with confidence, or if your organization needs safety training, really getting enthusiastic about following those safety protocols again. Tyler is the person you want to reach out to. So 
Keep him in mind as you start sitting down in this new year to different meetings and different organizations that you're a part of, think about having Tyler come speak in your group. You will not be disappointed. Okay, I will see you all back here next week for another episode of the Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast, where a focus on mentoring and community and implementation removes the overwhelm of building your successful and profitable business and adds in a dose of momentum. Until next time, have a healthy, safe, and happy week.